for those who don't know me, I'm, I'm Eden Ferreira. I'm the student minister here at Full Life, and it has been a minute since I've preached here. What I think November was the last time, so it is uh, super great to be back uh, up here preaching with you guys and to you guys. Um, so today we're going to look at a verse, and it's actually Second John, so it's a continuation from where we were at in November, um, and we're going to go through the entirety of 2 John. And so it goes like this. The elder, to the lady chosen by God and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also who know the truth, because of the truth which lives in us will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ the Father's Son will be with us in truth and love. It has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us. And now, dear lady, I am not writing to you a new commandment, but one you have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As they have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. I say this because many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is a deceiver and the antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose what you have worked for, but that you may be fully rewarded. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teachings of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring his te this teaching, do not take them into your house or welcome them. Anyone who welcomes them shares in their wicked works. I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face, so that our joy may be complete. The children of your sister, who is chosen by God, send their greetings. Let's pray. Lord, this world can be so confusing for us all, but there's one certainty and one truth, and we know that it is you. So, Father God, I just pray that in this truth of your word, that you would guide my words today, that you would guide and protect all of our hearts today. And, Father God, anything I speak would just be of you and only of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, arguments, discussions, disagreements, they've all been part of human relationships for the entirety of human history. Whenever there's an opportunity for people to have a different point of view from one another, there's always going to be a different point of view. And I mean, I love those conversations. You know, any chance for a good discussion is, I'm always up for it. I'll jump straight into it. I know some people tend to stay away from it, but there's plenty of people who love them. And personally, I think disagreements are the perfect place for people to learn something new or to grow or to even test and reinforce their beliefs. But I found more and more so in recent years that there's this trend that's becoming increasingly common. Conversations, especially hot topic issues, like the one that Nathan shared, thanks for doing it first, um, 
They're becoming less about discussing facts and more about discussing our feelings. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes it's good to think a little bit more about our feelings. But with that comes the catch-all argument of believing in my truth. You know, whenever a person's viewpoint comes under fire, they're always going whether they're right or wrong in their situation, all they have to say is, this is my truth, this is what I believe, and there's no room for discussing the other side. You just have to take it as what it is. People are living by whatever they believe to be true these days. They get to define for themselves wholly by their beliefs against any reason or outside source what truth is. My truth is my truth. In this short letter that we're going to look at today, John's whole focus is truth. He's calling all believers to live by the truth. To set the truth of the gospel at the absolute center of everything that they do. Now, I know it's been a long break from this uh, uh, looking at John's epistles, and we are finally back continuing the series. Uh, so this second letter comes after the first letter, obviously. And uh, he sends the letter to the elect lady and his, her children. What he means by this is simply just the church and all its members. So when you read elect lady in these verses, he's talking about the church, not a specific person. And John writes this letter to the church because they're stuck in the exact same situation they were when he wrote them the first letter. They're being attached, attacked by false teachers trying to lead people away from the church. And I hope plenty of you will remember from that first one, those false teachers were all trying to tell people that Jesus wasn't really human, that he was God coming in the likeness of human, acting like a human, but he wasn't really a flesh and blood human. So John sends this letter full of warnings and encouragements, encouraging the church for what they've done and warnings against these teachings. See, John first opens up this letter by encouraging the people of the church. These were people who, despite everything, were sticking to the truth. But that kind of leaves us with the question, what is truth? We've already spoken about how people take truth as to mean absolutely everything. And John clearly has an idea about what truth is. So what is truth? How do we define truth? Truth is something that represents or agrees with reality. It's a definite thing. So an example, if I pour myself a cup of water, even if I think it's wine, without Jesus there to do a miracle and turn it into the wine, it's always going to be water. In the same way, one plus one always equals two. Unless someone knows some other maths that I don't, I'm pretty sure it's always going to stay that way doesn't matter how many times you retry it, the equation is always going to end up equaling two. These are simple rules of mathematics and simple rules of life. You can't change them, and they're all based on truth. The truth that John is talking about here is the truth, that Christ, uh, the truth of Christ laid out for us in the Gospels. See, it's a fact 
that Jesus was born to Mary through a virgin birth. It is a fact that Jesus grew up just like any other person, eating, sleeping, and going to the bathroom. It's a fact that while he was 100% human, he was also 100% God. It's a fact that he had 12 disciples, performed a bunch of miracles, and taught people all the time, as we've all been learning in Pastor Jay's sermons. And of course, it's a fact that he was betrayed, hung up on the cross, where he died to take on the sins of our sins. And it is a fact that the death that he suffered could not hold him down, and he rose from the dead in physical body. He got seen again by hundreds of people and ascended to the right hand of God. These are all truths that the gospel explained to us. Regardless of any other thought, this is the reality laid out by God. As John says here, this is the truth. It's not a truth. It's not John's truth. It's the truth. He tells us that as Christians, we are supposed to live by this truth. It's an absolute. It's supposed to completely shape the way that we interact with the world. If we really understand that the gospel is the real truth in the world, then it should define us and our actions more than any self-made truth can. John is telling us, just as he, as he has the whole way through the first letter, that if we live by the truth, we sh- our lives should be characterized by love. If we understand that the gospel message really is true and accept him, then there is no other way for us to live than to live by love. We need to live by his command, which is to walk in love. As we all know, love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. The first and second greatest commandments. And this is what every command and, Bible, command and instruction in the Bible is teaching us to do. The entirety of the word teaches us to love God and love each other better. This is something that John reminds us of all the time in both his Gospels and his letters. And Christians need to be following this Christ lead in everything that they do. He's laid out the blueprint of walking in love for us already. So if we genuinely know that the gospel is true, then all of our actions should be characterized by love and obedience. But let's just look at that another way, okay? So if we go home and we turn on the stove, we know it would be hot, right? That that fire has the potential to burn us. So all of us live our life with knowing the truth that fire is hot, so we don't stick our hands into flames. Or when you go for a swim, we all know that we can't breathe underwater, right? So when you dive to the bottom of the pool, do you take in a deep breath of air? We don't, because we know that we can't breathe water. We'll drown. In the same way, if we know that the gospel is true, we should act accordingly. If something's wrong and it hurts you or your feelings, should we hold a grudge? No, of course not. Just like Jesus forgave us, we should forgive them. 
not just seven, but 77 times. If we see people in need of help and we have the capacity to help them, do we ignore them? No, just as he command, the commands have always been throughout the entirety of the Bible, we are to feed and care for the sick, the orphans, the widows, the downtrodden, and all of those in need of help. If we want to live by the truth of the gospel, we literally have to ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? And there are people out here living a life of truth that isn't true. You know, someone can just turn around and say, well, I believe that I am a helicopter, and so I'm a helicopter. And it doesn't matter what you say, none of your words will change how they think or act. Now, it's naturally going to be harder for us as Christians to live by the truth of the gospel because the devil is trying to attack us. He's trying to convince us that we don't need to live like this. The enemy is not out to attack the person trying to live life as a helicopter because he doesn't already live for the gospel. There's nothing to drag him away from. But if we have certainty in what Christ has done for us through Jesus, even if we do struggle with the pressure, even if we cave to lies of the dead enemy sometimes, we can always come back to the absolute reality of the gospel. It's always right there to tell us that we are made in God's image and we are loved by Christ. Now, this isn't just a modern-day problem for us. The church that John is writing to here went through the same sort of struggles. The enemy tried with all of his might to sway them from the truth of Christ. And, I mean, this church was a textbook example of what it meant to live by love. Walk in love. They were absolutely open to receive anyone. That's, in fact, by what John is saying here, there was a little too indiscriminate at times with their level of hospitality. They would open up the church to false teachers who were sharing information about Christ, and they would openly welcome them in. So John gives them a warning. And in this warning, we really need to be careful. Because verses 10 and 11 tell us, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, that's the teaching of Christ, do not take them into your house or welcome them. Anyone who welcomes them shares in their wicked work. Now, this doesn't contradict what John was saying. We can still love these people. It's not saying we shouldn't associate with these people, look after or love those who have false teachings about Christ. He's also not saying that you should reject anyone who has a slightly different opinion about secondary issues, gray areas. What he's saying is that we shouldn't give false teachers sharing a message of Christ other than what the gospel tells us, a platform in the church. Because ultimately there's nothing more unloving than allowing someone to, or giving someone the platform, to try to steal people away from Christ. We should never let the message of the gospel be diluted in any way, and we should always stand firm by it. That is what John is warning us. We can still have friends who don't know the gospel, or maybe a little bit confused. And we should always be trying to encourage them and teach them about the word and the truth. So this warning isn't a contradiction. 
You should love these people just like anybody else. Just, you just need to know to stand true to the gospel. Try to lead them to Christ the best you can. Because that's genuinely the best way that we can love anybody. That's what truth and love tell us to do. So the message for today is super simple. We all know the truth of the gospel. So we need to choose to live by it. To live by truth and love. This is going to sound super simple to say as an app, somewhat of an application point, but genuinely just start to ask yourself the question, what would Jesus do in your daily life? If you genuinely believe that Christ existed and lived, then we need to change our lives to be more like him, to reflect him. If you need a source of truth or answers on how to act, you have an entire manual right here in the Bible. The Gospels are the best way to find out how we're supposed to live our life, how we're supposed to treat people, how we're supposed to love people. All these people in the pews around you, your brothers and sisters in Christ, these are also people here to help you learn, learn to love like Christ. Start with them if you're truly going to learn to love and live this as a truth. And always stand by the truth. Protect the truth and let the truth protect you. Jesus wants to work out his truth in your life. So trust him and let him work out this truth. Ultimately, we just need to live out a life that's defined by love. And sometimes, even though it's simple, I think the best applications are the simplest. Look at yourself. Look at your own heart. Look at your own actions in your day-to-day -day walk. If you genuinely believe in Christ, ask yourself if they do reflect Christ. If they do, great. Continue on. It's fantastic. But if they don't, then ask yourself, are you really living by Christ's truth or your own? So church, as we pray today, just um, ask God to set his truth firmly in your heart. The truth of the gospel. The truth that is shared through every single page of the Bible. Ask him to help this, have this truth define you and everything that you are. To change your life, to be solely and wholly focused on this truth. So that we can live this kind of love every single day. So that we can reflect Christ in everything that we do. Let's pray.